Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, June 4th, 2019, and I'm your host, Ariel Taylor, with my co-host for the evening, Anastasia. Lavendar is taking a much-needed rest from her busy schedule, but she has started rescheduling sessions for August and September. And tonight, we are announcing the next Starseed Quest to Arkansas in August uh, from the 16th to the 19th. This is a soul family reunion, and all star seeds with at least one galactic marking are eligible to attend. And if you want more info, just write to crystals at starseedhotline.com, and we'll get you hooked up. Our special guest this evening is one of our favorite Starseed Quest alumni, Archana Shyam. Archana was born with the innate gift of intuition, which she has progressively refined over many years of studying, professional training, and experimentation. As a certified medical intuitive, master sacred space creator, Yushui Reiki master, shaman, fire alchemist, crystal keeper, master energy transmitter, and an evangelist for organic living. Her healing approach is unique and personalized for each client. Archana helps people overcome sleep issues so they have unlimited energy and motivation to bring in the success they desire. Her life's passion is to help starseeds feel safe and secure, build confidence and intuition, and feel physically and emotionally restored by removing the negative energies in their home, their body, and their spirit. Her story is inspiring, and we couldn't be happier to share her unique talents with our audience. And you can check out her website, which is archanashyam.com, and Archana is spelled A-R-C-H, like arch, A-N-A-A, that's Archana, and Shyam is S-H-Y-A-M.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Jada and Fiona for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment for Archana. We have a Starseed community online at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here, and you'll get our weekly show notices if you enable those. Our main website is starseedhotline.com. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Anastasia or myself. As I mentioned earlier, Lavendar is taking a much-needed rest, but she has started scheduling again for late summer and fall. If you have a birthday coming up, Don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens just by requesting your solar return timing. And please remember, if you want a stage two interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order it about three months ahead of time so that you can get it in before your 10 hours because we do have a waiting list. So first up tonight, it is Anastasia 
with her wonderful, fascinating, intriguing starseed news. <laughs> I was trying to get that button to, to click. Well, that was spectacular. I mustn't let you down tonight. That's great. I didn't get my I didn't get my ta-da, though, my little horn tooting from da, you. Da, da, da. There you go. Now we're complete. Good evening, everybody. Great to be with you. We'll get on with tonight's news. Hope I can live up to Ariel's expectations. I, I well, have no expectations. You're always I wonderful. I know. I know. Thank you so much. Well, Jupiter's magnetic field is changing. A close-up image of the stormy surface on Jupiter taken by the Juno spacecraft last October says that for the first time in history, humans have detected a changing magnetic field on a planet other than Earth, on Jupiter. Scientists discovered changes in Jupiter's magnetic field when they compared the latest Juno data with measurements done by older missions such as those done by Pioneer 10 and Voyager 1 from the 1970s. A paper in Nature Astronomy published the findings just yesterday. The solar system is changing. Well, listen to this, guys. This is really a befuddlement. It kind of falls in line with the discussion I had the other day with someone about topsoil, discussing the nature of the garden and what grows and what doesn't grow and the difficulty in finding good topsoil. And oftentimes people will buy it at the, uh, you know, the... um, farm stores or Lowe's or wherever they go buy bags of topsoil, which isn't topsoil. And the problem of finding good soil to grow gardens, well, anyway, there is a problem. The problem is that by the time I finished reading this story, the world will have lost another football inch of soil or football pitch of soil, the length of a football pitch. At current rates of erosion, 90% of our planet's soil could be gone by the year 2050, and this is according to the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization. What? Well, yeah. natural soil erosion is being accelerated by deforestation, mining, your old urban sprawl, and ironically, the intensive uh, agriculture that can't grow food without it, obviously. But I think the key word here is intensive commercial agriculture is really stripping uh, the soil. You know, I go to the market and I see, and you all see, piles and piles and piles of food and piles and piles of fish. And you know, there are waste bins literally overflowing. Uh, Imagine all of the grocery stores across the United States alone and how much waste is created in the pursuit of having heaps and heaps and heaps of food that makes it look better, whatever. A lot of that food is not even eaten. So we grow a lot. And on top of that, the increasing extreme heat waves, the droughts, the floods, the storms that are coming with climate change just make matters worse. Crops are damaged. People lose their livelihoods, which is the least of my concerns. And anyway, food prices are soaring around the world. Now, at the same time, they tell us our population is growing. It's estimated to reach 10 billion people by 2050 when the U.N. fears will be ecking in existence from just 10% of the soil that we now have. I say again, what? Well, of course, without soil, humanity will confront starvation, and people like me won't be able to grow a garden. Well, at the University of Sheffield, scientists are growing a food, going, growing food from, guess what? Are you ready for this? Foam. That's right, foam. 
a Ph.D. student at the Center for Sustainable Futures, has developed specialist foams that chemically, physically, and biologically resemble soil, and they found that crops planted in the polyurethane foams grow two to ten times faster than plants grown in soil. Wow, once again, we're taking the fake and substituting it for the organic, the artificial for the organic. Here we go again. Well, what they hope is to replicate this model around the world and optimize the use of polyurethane foam uh, to local conditions so that people can produce cheap, healthy food using fewer resources such as organic soil. What What do you do with the foam when it's used up? That's a very good point. Ariel, that can yeah, stand. Yeah. that is not being addressed in this article, and that is, you know, you just cannot imitate Mother Nature. You know, instead of fixing our problems, we try to find artificial solutions. There are no solutions in this. Okay, but, you know, in a, in a world that depends upon science for everything, this is what we get. Well, we have had, speaking of soil and flooding and climate change, there's a lot of reports on the weather tonight. Uh, there's a lot of effects from the flooding that's happened in Arkansas, Missouri, Iowa, and Oklahoma. They tell us it could just continue to linger for weeks. Now, this is June 4th. And towns and cities across the Arkansas, Missouri, and Mississippi rivers continue to battle the onslaught of floodwaters. They say that in Arkansas, a levee along the Arkansas River ruptured late last week leaving many hundreds of houses flooded across the state and hundreds more people evacuated. And even as the Arkansas River slowly begins to recede in some areas after reaching record flood levels, officials say the flooding is not going to end anytime soon. Now, in Missouri, a small town in northwest Missouri's Jackson County was underwater Saturday after a levee there broke along the Missouri River. Officials were conducting water rescues by boat, No injuries were reported, but in Howard County in central Missouri, the river topped the levee, prompting evacuations surrounding towns. And in Alton, where the Missouri and Mississippi rivers meet, floodwaters are expected to rise another three feet by tomorrow. Oh, gosh. Buildings are surrounded by water. And and another 100 miles up the Mississippi, a levee breached along the Durgeons Creek. And there were evacuations uh, uh, late last week. That's not all. In Iowa, a temporary flood barrier failed Saturday in Burlington, flooding four to six blocks in the city's downtown. People are telling uh, residents to seek higher ground. And in Oklahoma, more than 2,400 people have been evacuated. More than 1,000 homes have been flooded by this long-lasting event. president declared a major disaster in Oklahoma's Muskogee, Tulsa, and Wagoneer counties. Declaration follows federal assistance for three counties, which have experienced record-breaking flooding and intense tornadoes since May 7th. They are telling us, uh, the farmers are telling us, and in their agricultural report to the government, the uh, planting season, the planting progress is way down all across the spectrum. Corn, wheat, soybeans, barley, uh, uh, sugar, uh, sugar cane, things like that. These are staples that uh, are the basis of our food supply, and uh, percentages are way low. In some states, uh, the there isn't any planting that's been – I think it was um, oh, northeastern states. Sorry, sorry, it escapes me, but uh, that state hasn't even begun to plant yet, and it is June 4th. Nowhere across the state, June 4th. 
So they're discussing the possibilities of some shortages this summer and the rise in food prices. New Mexico also had damaging hail and flooding that broke car windshields and shredded leaves and flowers. That storm brought heavy rains and flooding to various towns in southern New Mexico. And there have been 73 whales discovered dead in the past six months on the west coast of North America. And scientists say that they don't understand why. Now, this is on the Pacific, so bear that in mind. Uh, Since January, more than 70 dead gray whales have washed up on the coasts of California, Oregon, Washington, Alaska, and Canada. That's the most in a single year since the year 2000, 19 years. Scientists are worried. Last week, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the fisheries of that organization, designated these strandings as part of an unusual mortality event, a UME. And under the U.S. Marine Mammal Protection Act, the designation of a UME means that more resources and scientific expertise will be dedicated to investigating what in the world is causing so many whales to die. Now, when I read this, I wondered, is anybody asking the question about the radiation leakage from Fukushima? That is never mentioned. There may be other reasons. There may be underground, underwater uh, volcanic activity. I don't know. So, anyway, there it is. It's pretty tragic. Uh, In Japan, there was a 6.1 magnitude quake, uh, rocked Japan's remote Osagara Islands. No injuries or damages were reported from that. They issued a tsunami alert, but it was canceled soon after. And in Mexico, the old Popocatapetl, Popocatapetl volcano, I never can say that, sees its largest eruption in years. It continued its explosive uptick in style today. Uh, Actually, it was yesterday and today. It fired an ash column to approximately 37,000 feet. Uh, Particulates ejected to altitudes uh, high up into the stratosphere, which they tell us will have a direct cooling effect on the planet. It was a big one. And in Mexico, they've had flooding a lot. There's been a lot of flooding all over the planet. What's up with that? Well, in Jalisco, uh, excuse me, in San San Gabriel, Mexico, the Jalisco River overflowed its banks just yesterday. It carried this deluge of mud and timber and debris into the small town of San Gabriel. Floodwaters ruined buildings and and, uh, vehicles. Dozens of families were dislocated in that in that area, and in Italy, they have had terrible problems with their weather. They have had hail and flooding and cold weather and on and on and on. But uh, for this story, it tells us that monster hail left over six inches of ice on the streets. That was June first. Snow plows hit the streets of southern Italy. That's Mediterranean country there. Uh, because of this unseasonable hailstorm, it led to these surreal scenes as people in shorts and T-shirts were trying to dig their cars out from six inches of ice. These people were sunning themselves. It's warm in southern Italy. They had a hailstorm, and it brought six inches of ice. There were In other areas of southern Italy, there were downpours of rain that swept away cars, flooded houses, damaged crops, 
In fact, the crops that were damaged were Italy's olives, grapes, as well as other fruits. And that's not all. I've got more stories about the crops in Italy in a minute. And in India, we heard about the locusts that were affecting the Middle East. Well, now India has an army of locusts coming from the Pakistan side of their borders into India, which has laid siege to a western India border district. Is they calling this the biggest attack of locusts in 26 years? Now, according to the officials in that region, they have employed locust hunters to try to limit the damage. People are out trying to kill locusts to get rid of them. Now, the last major outbreak was reported in 1993. Locusts everywhere. That would be somewhat of a frightening job, actually. I don't know if they use nets or what they do. But they're scooping them up by the shovels full. And another volcano, Mount Mariapi on Java, has erupted. This spewed ash 3,000 meters into the sky. They said that it shot out 72 ash columns just this weekend. They're declaring it a danger zone, and they're worried about a lava lake forming. Now, Indonesia's most active volcano is Mount Mariapi, and the disaster center in Java said that they are trying to clear the area of you know any area excuse me, surrounding villages is what I'm trying to say, because there's incandescent lava coming down the sides of the mountains. So that mountain. And they said that it could cause an avalanche of 458,000 cubic meters of lava coming down from the mountain into the surrounding towns. What a picture that makes. Well... Back to the discussion of the floods in our Midwest states and where that is leading us with the, plantus, the planting season. Everywhere I looked on the Internet, uh, farming experts are saying that there's never been a spring planting season like this one. You know, never is a quite the word. I don't know that that's the case, but that's what they're saying. Uh, the floods have been unprecedented, and it's just kept on raining. And it was raining when American farmers uh, have been forced into a year that where they're being squeezed out of the soybean market in the trade war with China. Uh, it's also uh, being threatened by President Trump to start a tra- uh, trade war with Mexico. And so the, the farmers are very, very worried. Not only are they experiencing what they're calling biblical and unprecedented flooding, they are worried about the trade conditions and not being able to even uh, transfer their crops if they were even able to grow them. So we have economic factors as well as environmental factors that are deeply affecting the farmers in the American Midwest. Many of them are going out of business. Well, not too long ago we were talking about droughts in the West. Do you know that the Colorado snowpack is at 437% of normal that's a lot. They have a lot wow. of snow. And now they're worried about what that means for flood season. It's June 4th again, early in June. Once the summer starts to heat up, they're very concerned now about that snow becoming water and flooding the surrounding plains. We'll have to wait and see about that. But back to Italy, I want to talk about the weather there, about the rain that they've had and the hailstorms. We are being told that 80% of all the crops in southern Italy, 
fruit crops of peach, plum, cherry, nectarine, kiwi, apricot, not to mention olives and the other things that I told you about, have been destroyed. And this is happening all over the planet. The food crops are being affected by this wet, wet weather. However, in Canada, there are more than 900,000 acres of Alberta that's gone up in flames recently. That is, they're attributing it to the overheating of our planet. That's what they say. Well, the wildfire risk continues to be high, and the uh, neighboring British Columbia is having a heat wave with temperatures climbing into the 90s in Canada. It's very unusual there. There are currently 10 fires in Alberta raging out of control. One blaze has consumed more than 610,000 acres and along with other wildfires in the province, has forced over 10,000 people to evacuate their homes. On the Texas coast, the number of sea turtle strandings has reached the highest number ever recorded in one month during April and May. And this happens to be the height of sea turtle nesting season. A total of 159 stranded sea turtles were recorded in April. Uh, The strandings, they tell us, are continuing at a rapid pace. And the latest data shows 186 turtles stranded in Texas through the 21st of May. They don't know why. Well, I've talked about salmon before and then how they have implemented now the production and sale of GMO salmon, genetically altered salmon. We've talked on this program about farm salmon and about some of the sanitary conditions associated with that, that farmed salmon aren't grown in clean water. It has high bacteria, so on and so forth. Well, now I find out in researching for the news that farmed salmon isn't naturally pink or red. I didn't know that. Did you know that? No. Uh-uh. Well, once again, what appears to look real often is not real. So the next time you're passing a seafood, seafood counter, as I did just the other day, take a good look at the salmon fillets. I did that the other day. There was a case with this bright red salmon. I thought to myself, that doesn't look natural. I don't think that looks right. Well, That deep red color that I saw and that you might see when you go to the market, that rich hue that makes the fish so attractive to some shoppers, is not naturally occurring in farmed fish. This comes from an additive that's mixed into the fish feed. In fact, if the fish farmers didn't add it, farmed salmon would be gray or white. Mm. Isn't that something? The red color found in wild salmon comes from their diverse and natural diet of crustaceans like krill and shrimp. These little critters contain a reddish compound called astaxanthin. It's the same same, uh, compound that turns flamingos pink. Now, since Alaska's sockeye salmon are closer to the Bering Sea's krill, they're the reddest of all. If you go further south, the coho, king, uh, king, and pink salmon, for instance, eat less shrimp, and they have a lighter orange hue. But farmed salmon don't eat those. They're kept in pens 
They're fed a mix of ground-up anchovies, fish oil, corn gluten, food processing byproducts like wheat and soy, and, of course, they're uh, given an additive that is formulated in a lab. (laughs) So, um, I think that perhaps farm salmon is not the thing that we might choose to eat for lots of reasons, whether it's GMO, whether it's high in bacteria, or whether or not it has a fake color to it. So just saying, passing it along. Well, we're coming up on summer, and uh, ticks are a problem in certain parts of the country. And ticks convey, as you all know, Lyme disease, and that's a concern for anybody that wants to go out in the woods. I love to walk in the woods. Where I live, ticks are a problem. People always wonder what to do about ticks. And in certain regions, there are ticks in people's backyards, particularly if they're bordering a wild area. Well, there is a way to control ticks. It's surprising, but it is nature's way. And it's natural. And it happens to be an animal that many people consider to be very ugly and scary. In this case, it is a possum. A possum the tick's biggest enemy. Now, an author of a book on Lyme disease sees possums as walking tick vacuums. He says that many ticks try to feed on possums, and few of them survive the experience. Possums are extraordinarily good groomers, it turns out. We never would have thought ahead ahead of time. But they kill the vast majority, more than 95% of the ticks that try to feed on them. So opossums are walking around the forest floor, hoovering up ticks right and left, killing over 90% of these things, and they're really protecting human health. Possums can consume between 5,000 and 6,000 ticks a week. And left alone, yeah, the possum doesn't attack pets or wildlife. He doesn't chew your telephone or electric wires. He does not spread disease, dig up your flower bulbs, or turn over your trash cans. On the contrary, the possum does a great service in insect, venomous snake, and rodent control. Possums are our friends, and we can even learn how to build possum boxes, um, make our property uh, inviting to possums. If you want to control your ticks, that's nature's way. Call in the army of possums to take care of them for us. I love it. Nature has its perfect balance, and... So much and so often we want the quick and easy way out. We get insecticide or whatever we do that we think we have to do. But nature already has a remedy. So possums are good to control ticks. And tonight's quote. I really like this. Think about it. It's simple, but it kind of stuck with me. Here it is. You were born an original. Don't die a copy. <laughs> Well, that's got layers. That's got layers. (laughs) I think that's really profound. Don't die a copy. And in the meantime, let's do our best not to be a copy either. Between the beginning and the end, let's always be an original, as I know the star seeds are. Well, from my heart to each one of you, thank you so much. Much love to you for this coming week. Have a beautiful week, everybody. Thank you, Ariel. Thank you so much, Anastasia, for the star seed news. <clears throat> really lots of food for thought there. Okay, well we'll talk to you next week.
Bye-bye. Okay. So um, now I'm going to find Archana, where'd you go? Oh, okay. <laughs> we have a lot of people on the switchboard, and for a minute there I couldn't find your, your microphone. Just let me get it open. Come on, click. Okay. Well, hello, Archana. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. Uh, thank you, Ariel. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure and oh. an honor to be part of this platform. Well, it is it is so wonderful to have you with us because we've known you for quite some time. Um, I remember w- when we first met, uh, it was November of 16 at the Starseed Quest in Arkansas, yes. correct? Yes. And um, if you would just kind of start off, um, because the last three years have been huge for you. So um, just kind of give us a little overview of of the things that have developed in your life in that time. Sure, definitely happy to. Um, when I first came, um, I just came because I was very deeply just nudged to uh, be there. Um, I don't have, I did not have an agenda or any particular plan or anything. I just said okay, and I just showed up, and that's how this whole uh, journey has started. And um, as you know, um, <laughs> it, it, I was at. Uh, the starting point of a very major milestone in my life at that time. And uh, over the years and through the different quests, um, it it gave me a lot more confidence, a lot more uh, support and power each time I came for the quest and came back home. Um, And it has been building on itself, uh, I would say, ever since. Um, It has given me a lot of strength to, to manage uh, the life here, so to speak, but at the same time, in the middle of all the pain and in the middle of all the mess, um, the intuition, the gifts, and the guidance, the clarity, all these have gone so much deeper. I even have felt it's almost like an explosion of sorts where I've gone so much deeper with my work. There has been so much more confidence and trust in the guidance that I have been receiving. So, um, you know, the place and the uh, the container the three of you provide along with the location is uh, is nothing short of uh, mystically magically powerful you know <laughs> <laughs> well yeah and we were just uh, chatting a little bit before the show and you have come to Arkansas you're a six time alumni yes yeah and yes. and every time we see you. You're stronger, you're clearer, you're farther away from that mess of, of, of 2016, and, and you just have really stepped into your power. So we're very proud of you. You're kind of a, a shining example of what we would hope um, we could do for everyone in, in you. that, you know, claiming your power and uniting with other star seeds. So um, you have been... Yeah, absolutely. It, you have been intuitive since birth. It's, this is a, a, a natural gift that you were born with, right? Right. And um, was that encouraged or discouraged as you were growing up? <laughs> well, 
neither uh, is the honest answer because uh, I felt very odd, very different growing up, and there was no, not, nobody to talk to about it, to be honest, because I come from a very, very traditional, very uh, conservative upbringing. Um, so there was really nothing I could do about it or even explore why I felt what I felt. And um, it only got worse over the years. And in fact, to be very honest, I don't even remember a lot of my childhood. I mean, I have some memories on and off, but it's almost like childhood amnesia or something where I hardly even remember a lot of things that have happened or not. And over the years, it just um, gotten worse because I always kind of felt out of sorts. I could not really like belong to people or be part of groups or basically I just didn't fit the definition of normal at many levels. So it got harder and harder. It was uh, a serious blow to my confidence at many levels because somehow I just couldn't fit anywhere. And as much as I tried to be normal, it just didn't work. It only got uh, worse. And but the interest was always there. So I would be reading about crystals. I would be reading about numerology. I would be reading about different things in books. Uh, that is something that I kept going over the years. But there was really, like, nobody to talk to or share the ideas um, or anything of that sort. Because when I look back in my family, um, there's no such um, alternate, you know, approach or um, uh, an exposed element of intuition, if you could call it. I, I, that's not something um, I found or I could relate to or connect to at any level. So I, I tried to fit to be normal, but it just didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there ought to be a starseed song about that, you know. Kept trying to be normal, and the more I tried, the worse things got. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, in fact, it's beautiful you bring that up. So when I... When I finally realized it was about three years ago, around the time I started coming to this quest, I said, you know what, I am done with trying to be normal. I'm going to be whatever. And then I came up with this quote and I said, you cannot fit a star into a square peg. And I went, oh, that makes sense. No wonder I don't fit. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I can. So, I know that there's probably a lot of people that are going to listen to this and 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 really identify with that. Um, so you didn't have, um, well, a, a a a family childhood upbringing where other people in the family were intuitive, so you were alone with that. Right. Yeah. In fact, it made me feel so disconnected. Uh, so. Um, out of sorts. I mean, I tried to be normal, did a lot of things that are considered to be, I mean, education, work, and uh, marriage, et cetera, et cetera. I tried to be, but it still wasn't working at many levels. And I would always wonder, why the hell am I here? What am I supposed to be doing here? And I would keep looking at the, the stars and going, what am I doing here? I mean, I didn't have answers at those times. I always looked at the stars. <laughs> I just wouldn't feel anything anywhere. And uh, it was one of those, um, this happened a few years ago. It might be relevant. Uh, I'll share as quickly as I can. Hopefully it makes sense in this context. <clears throat> so I always felt a lot of compassion for people. I always felt a lot of connection for people. but And I felt a, a much deeper connection with the earth. But I couldn't really like connect the dots or feel like I belonged here. That's the bottom line. And 
one of the events, uh, this must have been 2012, I think, around that time, I was coming back home. I was actually driving back. This is a long drive back from an event. And all of a sudden, there's this exploding moment where I, I had this huge initiation. This is happening when I'm driving, right? So there's an initiation kind of connection going on with the earth where there's a lot of images coming in front of me. There's a lot of like connections going on. And I get this huge revelation that uh, the earth belongs to me and I belong to the earth. So that was like a huge, huge piece. And there was like all these tears flowing down. And, um, and, I, and this is on a freeway with no shoulder. I cannot stop anywhere and cry. So it was just like, okay, let me just go in the slow lane and it's like you know it's just quite a moment that happened and that's when um the 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 connection really happened as to oh okay so there's a bigger purpose of why i'm here and there's a reason why i'm here so i belong here for a different reason i may not be off the earth but i am for the earth so that was a huge distinction and from after that i've been able to have much better connections with people and more authentic i was looking for an authentic way to connect with people so that started after that initiation from the earth that just happened while i was driving on my way home so interesting that it was in 2012 because i think a lot of star seeds <laughs> had unusual things happen, um, and 2013 as well, um, as a result yes. of things happening in 2012. Right. So um, you have, a, I mean, I, I read through the, the list of, of accomplishments, um, and I, I mean, I really, as many times as we've been together and, and we've had conversations, uh, I didn't realize that you had such a, a broad spectrum of uh, of studies of certifications, um, I mean originally I knew you were a medical intuitive, but then you expanded right. to use all of your tools to go even just beyond um, you know medical physical um, health intuition things, and right. um, so let's talk about uh, what you're doing now and how you have incorporated um, your gifts and your training um, to to help people? Sure, absolutely. Um, one of the things um, that happened, or actually one of the many things that happened and um, how they all kind of came together is, um, as I shared earlier, um, you know, I never really felt um, safe in my body at many levels. And then, some of the homes I've been in the past never felt safe either. And so I had this whole feeling going on about, oh, I don't belong here. I don't feel safe here. So there was a lot of fear and there was a lot of other patterns that kept coming up and up and up all the time. So as I started to integrate a lot of these things and cleaning up is the right word I can use. Yes, uh, energy is the primary tool, but there's a lot of healing, there's a lot of clearing, there's a lot of things that um, started to come together. And as a medical intuitive, when I was working with people, um, you know, I, I used to see a lot of changes that were happening at the physical level, but then uh, things would come back because that is what I was originally trained on was the physical body, and then things kept coming back. So that's when I started bringing in 
the energy body. I started bringing in food and nutrition. I started bringing in toxins, inflammation. And then I also started digging at past life and ancestry because we think about it, um, and this is something I get pretty often, and I'm just going to share this, is a lot of people will say, oh, I don't believe in other lifetimes or uh, energies from ancestry. And, and I mean, what do you, how can you prove that? And I, I, this is my simplest answer is like, if we look at the suffering that a lot of us are going through at many levels, we are not really like hung around enough in this lifetime to mess around so much that, you know, we can be so um, reaping the, you know, whatever the effects of what we have done. So it has to come from beyond this lifetime and beyond just us, there has to be a much bigger energy dynamics at play. So that's when the uh, medical intuitive piece got much bigger. And then um, definitely, uh, you know, I started seeing way better results. And um, there are two very specific trends that I see when I work with people. One is, uh, when people have had so many health challenges, I mean, not one, not two, but like multiple things over so many years, and the body has gone through so much trauma, it has gone through so much of difficulty that they can't sleep, they, they can't function, they have no energy, there's just so much going on because the body has been traumatized to a level where it just doesn't know if it feels safe anymore. So that's one um trend or, you know, bucket that I see a lot. And the second one, which, as you, um, as you know, uh, is my own journey of claiming my power. So I work, I'm also working with a lot of people that are at points in their life where they're ready to claim their power, they're ready to reclaim their inner fire, basically. So it's almost like powerful warriors who are looking to reclaim their power. Not that they didn't have it or whatever, for, but they they kind of got disconnected from it at many levels, right? We give and it away then, too. Yeah, exactly. And the one thing that um, I do want to acknowledge uh, the role of the quest over these years, uh, the work I've been doing with home and land. Um, um, I'm, I mean, I'm familiar with a lot of the traditional systems and things like that, but for me, there was a lot of mixed results with that. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't work. And uh, about three, four years ago, I was still like um, exploring this at a whole different level. And I was like, how can I make it more custom? How can I make it more uh, effective and quick? Because, you know, sometimes things are working, sometimes it's not. So I started customizing a lot of my work. And then as I've been coming to the quest, this is something that just exploded um, at a whole new level, and I didn't go to any class or anything, but it just brought forth a very unique way where I'm combining the energies of the land, the home, and the people that are living in the home, and that creates a very unique blueprint. And when I take that into consideration and I work with the home or the land, and in fact both, and we pull out uh, toxicity and tox, you know, uh, baggages and um, attachments and non-beneficial energies and all kinds of stuff. There's like a huge lifting of the fog that happens, and the whole energy in the home shifts, and it brings forth a lot of like new opportunities. People are able to sleep better. Healing has happened. People have found jobs. It's just been like you know one thing after another. And I also help people tap into their uh, 
home for specific power spots. Like, oh, you could have a power spot for meditation. You could have something for um, getting job done or, you know, some creative project. So it's this, um, this I have seen literally exploding as I've been coming to the quest. And every time I come, there are like, there are new chapters or new aspects uh, that are revealed. And, and it's just been um, very gratifying uh, to just do this work for the planet. And that is when I really understood what does it mean to be for the planet and not of the planet. And um, so much gratitude for um, all these pieces because whether I'm working with people or whether I'm working with home and land, I can do all of that remotely. So it doesn't really matter where people are. Uh, I am humbled and grateful at the same time that I can work with people anywhere on the planet. So it's just been like all these different pieces that have been coming together and um, even some of the fire uh, ceremonies that have come forth. It's just been like a lot of new uh, chapters and awareness has just opened and there's just so much, um, I think it's the right way I can put it is a combination of trust and knowing that I'm protected, I'm taken care of. You know, those have been huge for me as I have been, um, you know, coming to the quest over these uh, three three years. Does that make um, sense? Yeah. Oh, oh, it it certainly does because you, you, uh, it's like peeling off layers and and these are abilities that you always had but layers of stuff were keeping you you know kind of disconnected from that and the quest does help to peel off those layers so you can get down to the you know the pureness right. of of your true um identity if you will mm-hmm. so what what are some of the repercussions when when people don't feel safe whether it's in their body or in their home or even on the planet, what what are the repercussions of that? Um, that is a very um, very deep but very interesting aspect to look at, and most of us don't even consider it that way. And the reason I say that is because we don't connect the dots between feeling unsafe and a lot of other things that are going on. Um, in our lives on a, almost on a daily basis, right? So let's say when the body has gone through a lot of health challenges, uh, whether it's this lifetime or other lifetimes. In fact, I even work with people that are like bringing forth these traumatic memories, um, both from their own lifetimes and from that of the ancestry, then the body is in a constant fight or flight or survival kind of mode because it's never known what it is to be at peace. It's never, it's always been like um, tortured for lack of a better word. So it's gone through so much of um, turmoil that it doesn't know what it is to rest. That's why a lot of people cannot sleep. Um, In fact, people don't understand sometimes that there's a huge connection between feeling safe and the ability to actually sleep. And there's so much going on about sleep these days. And um, I was researching the other day that one in three Americans have sleep issues, which means there is a huge, this is a mega problem of sorts um, that, you know, the people are facing on a daily basis. And also considering the number of like supplements and products and medications and tests and therapies and everything that people go through to just try and sleep because everybody knows that when they sleep, 
the body heals. And when the body heals, they have so much more energy. They have the confidence. They have the ability to plan their day. They can take on whatever comes. So it's almost like there's a connection between safety, sleep, and success. I'm not saying sleep your way to success. That's not going to happen because you've got to take action to succeed. But if you don't get quality sleep, I'm talking all about quality, not quantity, because I had my own issues. I would sleep like 8 to 10 hours and still drag myself around like a sack of potatoes. And I was like, what the hell happened? I'm, I've been sleeping. I just can't function. I'm still tired. So that's when I realized it's not the quantity, it's the quality. So people tell me, oh, Oh, I have this routine. I have this app. Uh, you know, I'm doing all these things. I get sleep, but I'm still, like, tired. I'm like, yeah, that's because you're not understanding what is working for your body or not, right? Everybody's needs are different, which is why we need to know what's going on with the body. And then also with the environment. Now, whether you think of the home or the land or place you work, depending on, you know, where we are for the most of the day, we just are looking at buildings at some point, but we but we got to know that the land has a history that is so much deeper, longer, and way beyond, you know, the buildings and even us. So the land is holding a lot of memories. The land is holding a lot of trauma. And then we build all these uh, structures and homes and all that. People come and go and come and go, and whether it's homes or whatever, people are going through their experiences in these structures but nobody's really like energetically cleansing any of these structures now we detox our body hopefully every once in a while but nobody's like really detoxing the home at a deep deep level so when I work with home and land I'm always finding there's a lot of trauma there's a lot of toxicity there's a lot of attachments curses there's uh, non-beneficial energies and lack of harmony factors and when there's so much going on between the home and the land itself, the home does not physically feel safe. Like, of course, it's physically sitting on the land, but there's really no energetic connection between the two. So when the home is so energetically disconnected from the land, you know, then people living in that particular home or working in that particular building are not going to feel safe either because we are sensitive beings ourselves and we pick up the energy from what's going on around us. Right, And that's why for a lot of people that are on this personal evolution of, you know, whatever the journey be, it's almost like you're taking a shower and then going back to a mud bath if your environment is not supportive of these energies, if they are not positive, if they are not powerful. And the other piece I do want to add, um, even for people that I was talking about, is um, – all these safety issues that we have, even at the tribal level, at the family level, at whatever levels we might be looking at, they're all stored, if people are familiar with the, with the chakra system, in the root or the base chakra, which is at the base of the spine. And when there's so much trauma, there's so much baggage associated with safety, trust, and survival, it also disconnects the body energetically from receiving energies from the earth. So then what happens is, as it is, we're not feeling safe, and then we're disconnected from Earth, so we feel so unsupported that survival becomes a major concern, and it's hard to trust anybody in that mode. So we go on this um, cycle of, ooh, will I make it? Will I not make it? Is this going to work? Is this not going to work? So there's 
a reduced level of trust in the self. And of course, that brings down confidence. It, it just ripple effects everywhere. That's why when I'm seeing people that, you know, they go through the day, but it's like it's hard for them to plan the day. It's hard for them. The body refuses to recover. The body refuses to heal because it just doesn't feel safe. So these are like some of the examples um, I can I can share um, of how the environment and how we have felt uh, in our body has a huge role to play. And this is why I say there's a huge link between feeling safe, ability to sleep, and to bring in success. Well, that makes total sense. And um, yeah, I was I was kind of getting the um, visuals as you were talking. And um, I, I was thinking of a little baby who right. is being held by a stranger. Now the stranger uh-huh. has no ill intent, but and the and the baby might be sleeping, but it still knows that this is a stranger holding them, and and oh, that's right. going to uh, you know make a difference. Whereas if it's the baby's mother, uh-huh. then then they really sleep deeply because that you know initial bond between mothers okay. and babies, you know, it's that, that safety. So it's just kind of like, um, you know, being held by someone that, that you don't have a connection to okay. and, and exactly. not being connected, to, um, not being connected to the earth itself. I mean, that, I don't, I don't think a lot of people, um, really give that a lot of, a lot of consideration when you think of mm-hmm. all the, all the wars and skirmishes and, and, uh, crimes or drama that has taken place on a piece of land and right. you know and then you mo- you move into the house you're inheriting that it mm-hmm. doesn't just go yeah. away when the people go away right so in fact um, to just when- add to that sorry uh you just uh, help me remember something here uh, i have worked with a lot of land that has had war energy blood energy bloodshed kind of energy and when people are living on a property like that the pets like cats and dogs uh, or whatever other pets or animals you have, they are so sensitive. They pick up those energies so much more. They get restless. They get uh, they get sick. They are not able to sleep. They go hyper. There's a lot that happens to the animals in those kind of energies. And once we clear those energies, guess who's the first one to respond? The pets. They just settle down. They calm down. And suddenly the people go, what just happened? I mean, the cat is no longer like tearing my carpet, you know. I've, I've heard this huh. kind of uh, feedback. <laughs> so, and and that's that's one of the signs that you would look for, yeah. um, because the animals know sometimes more than the people do. Yes. And um, so, are there other other triggers that that make people not feel safe, whether it's their body or their home? Um, yes, um, a lot of us are also, um, very sensitive, like our energy boundaries or our energetic boundaries are not always solidified or strengthened. So we have a tendency to pick up from other people. We have a tendency to pick up their baggages and make it our own without even realizing that it's actually not mine. Why am I even picking it up in the first place? Or if it doesn't happen during the course of the day, I've seen people bring it from other lifetimes as well, where when I look at different emotions, 
let's say, for example, grief. This is a very classic one, or even anger, for that matter. There's always a big chunk that comes from other sources. It's been acquired either from other people, situations, locations, whatever. Or you have to sometimes subscribe to tribal energies such as hatred or anger just to be accepted and be part of the tribe. And then they've not cleaned it up. So they come down with these different baggages and it just stays with the person till they are released. And we don't even remember why we have these emotions. We don't even remember why we have these baggages. But if we are not conscious of what our energy bodies are either picking up or allowing inside our own space, then we can easily get impacted by the people and the you know, locations around us. That is where a lot of people will sometimes go to a new location or a new building or they will meet somebody and they just feel like, oh, my God, I just got zapped out. I don't even know what happened. I, I feel like a busted balloon. Oh, that's because we just picked up a, a ton load of energies that were not ours. Yeah, and, you know, this is such a big deal uh, for starseeds because yeah. especially when when you're first waking up, and your your intuition, your empathy, your psychic abilities, mm-hmm. um, when they start to unfold, um, right. it, you kind of you kind of turn into a dry sponge, mm-hmm. and and you go around and you just start soaking it up, and you don't even realize that you're you're kind of melding with, you know, uh, <laughs> it's like when you hug a person that's got body odor. You can smell it on yourself, um, or if you hug someone that's got too much perfume, you smell that perfume the rest of the day. And I think that's a great uh, metaphor for what what happens with starseeds and and energies of others. Right, Um, absolutely. In fact, if people are not conscious and, uh, you know, they want to open up or they want to do something, they want to start owning their gifts. And this has happened to me in the past, too, is like there's a lot of fear that comes up. It is so huge that it won't let you take action. It won't let you take the next step. And for some people, it's so intense. They shut down their intuition or they shut down a gift just because they didn't know what to do with it, just because they didn't have guidance to support them. And that is really sad. And um, it kind of breaks my heart when I hear those stories because that way, I will say I have been very fortunate and blessed. I have had some great mentors and teachers come along the way, and um, the quest is definitely included a big time. But for that, you know, even I don't know whether I would have crossed my fear. I call it the bridge of fear because on one side is pain, the other side is power, and I call it the bridge of fear. So you got to cross that bridge to make it to power. But sometimes we need a hand to hold on to, and that is what I tell my people. I will... Hold your hand all along the way, but you just have to make the decision of the first step. I cannot force you on that. But once you do that, I'm here to hold your hand because my hand has been held, and otherwise, I don't think I would have been here today. So I'm just you're acknowledging all my yeah. I'm just acknowledging with a lot of gratitude. So um, when a, when a person um, when you, you do sessions with people. <clears throat> do you um do you ask them a lot of questions or do you just do you just tune in and, and know what the problem is? Well, it's it's a combination of both. Um 
I say that because uh, unless somebody signs up to work with me, I don't scan anybody. So if I'm speaking to somebody, I'm not scanning anybody because I have made that mistake before and that would just leave me so drained. So now unless somebody signs up to work with me, I don't scan anybody. But before I start working with somebody, I always have a discovery or a breakthrough session, uh, you know, could call it either of those, where I really understand what their situation is, what their challenges are, what is it that they're going through. So I do ask a few questions, and I'm able to connect the dots after that and show them that, oh, all of these things are happening because we go much deeper. And I'm not a surface band-aid kind of person. I'm all about going deeper because um, that is where the root cause is, and that's my specialty of finding those missing pieces that will actually help solve the puzzle. So um, when people say, oh, I just want this and that, then it's like if you're not really into a deeper, longer-term solution, then it may not be a right fit simply because I'm all about um, empowering this body or this life to a level where once we complete our work you actually don't need me and I'm all about oh how soon can I let somebody out the door you know I'm not about you know hang on to me for life and then we'll figure it out oh no so that is why I say (laughs) that I'm here to hold your hand but you got uh, you know I'm here to completely support you but there are certain things that you'll have to be ready for because this transformation is real. It is going to happen. You are going to experience results, and, you know, we are in the journey together. So uh, the questions do help, but that's when people start to realize that, oh, I've not been able to sleep because, oh, I had this uh, episode in my childhood, or, oh, I'm not, I'm not able to sleep because I've had the power struggle issues in another lifetime, or, oh, my, there, the ancestry has gone through so much abuse that the trauma is in my body and I'm not able to sleep. So I help them get to what is it that's really like causing all these issues? What's the pattern? What's the piece that's going on? And once they realize that, then they're free to make the decision to move forward or they want to just figure something out on their own, whatever it is. So, yeah. Well, sure. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> anybody knows if you just, if you just go out and, uh, and, and cut the top of the crabgrass off, in the yard and you don't get the roots up then it's going to just reappear right so you you you're going for the um the the total source right and, you know and you when you deal with the source then it it doesn't <laughs> come back and let me ask exactly. um, because the the uh the show that we did last week was about a lot of environmental things that have mm. um hazardous dangerous um serious um, or sometimes just irritable effects on on star mm-hmm. seeds in particular because we're so sensitive. So right. if someone um, didn't mention to you that um, that they lived a block away from a cell phone tower, and mm-hmm. they, but they can't sleep, mm-hmm. and they're telling you, you know, and and certainly you know people can tell you what they think and they could be totally wrong. Um, right. What they think is going on with them. So mm-hmm. if it were something um, external, it's like I'm just, you know, would you pick up that, you know, this is electromagnetic interference? You know, do you live yes. next to a cell phone tower? Um, can, yeah. you, can you discern that as opposed to ancestral problems? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, when people work with me on a longer term, um, I do their home, um, especially the remote clearing and healing. I add that in just because I'm equally committed to their progress. 
and I understand the importance of energy in the environment in their own personal journey. So, yes, I do it, and at that time, I'm always tuning in, and I check on the directions of their sleep, if there's too much EMS going on at home, or, yeah, like you said, cell phone towers. Um, Sometimes there are, like, other geopathic stress going on, or um, they're living in, um, what should I say, Um, not just cell phone towers. Sometimes they have these massive, like, power plants and things like that set up so close by or these um, all kinds of stuff. I mean, uh, you know, all, or sometimes they have very um, powerful, I call these powerful electronic appliances in their bedroom, which makes it even worse. So it's, it's a different combination. And um, in fact, the environment is what I first look at. And then I also go into the person. So yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, um, what we did for a client, um, this is a client I worked with in San Francisco. Um, her son um, is under five and has just not been able to sleep. So we picked up that, you know, one of the corners from uh, the bedroom was kind of uh, facing a cell phone tower, which she did not realize was actually there. But I kept picking up there's something coming from that corner, and I said, are you facing anything over there? And she just looked out and said, oh, my God, there's a cell phone tower. So we placed some specific crystals um, to overcome that, and I also suggested some crystals under the bed for the child because the, the kid is, of course, hyper, hypersensitive to energy. So with some of just these little tweaks, it has gotten so much better. So, yes, we definitely look okay. at the environment. You, you don't mean... You don't mean quartz crystal. You mean other kinds of stones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no quartz. Yeah, okay, yeah, because I, I just want to make the point uh, that so no one misunderstands you uh, because I'm, right. I'm sure that you know that quartz crystal will amplify. If you've right. got Wi-Fi or cell towers or whatever, it, and, and people that think that their quartz crystals, the clear ones, would protect them, that's the opposite. It will make it worse. Right. So, right. you know, it's other crystals that that don't have the amplification. Um, right. And we talked about, we talked about shungite also right. um, last week as um, natural solutions to, to EMF pollution. Um, Absolutely. And even uh, tourmaline is another very good one. Oh yes. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I think people that maybe were perfectly fine with no issues yep. And then they just move into a new house, mm-hmm. and then 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 things start happening. Um, I remember when when I first moved uh, to Georgia uh, with Lavendar, we moved into a house that was it felt like it was exactly what we were looking for, and we had a man come over that that was testing the ley lines, and mm. and there was there was a place on the property where two positive ley lines intersected and it was the biggest tree the 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 most large vegetation and then there was another place where nothing would grow and it was Mm. two negative ley lines Um, and when there's two negative ones then yes nothing can grow so do you work with with the electromagnetic ley lines on a house too because there could be maybe no um you know, uh, blood history, as you called it, of that area with wars and crime and things like that. But if it's a natural thing, 
It's just yep. the ley lines of the earth, and sometimes you get two negatives, sometimes you get two positives. Obviously, a negative and positive is neutral, um, but do you pick up on that, and do you have a, a solution as well? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's just more on the energetic side, and it almost feels like there's this healing that happens when we do the work on the land, and whatever healing that the land is looking for and whatever it is ready to release, which is pretty much most of the um, non-beneficial stuff, as I call it, it's a good bucket that I put, it, it, the land receives a lot of healing. And many times, um, you know, um, there may be factors beyond us, as I, as I refer to them, but uh, it starts reducing the impact of a lot of those on the people that are living there. Does that make sense? Mhm. Yes, absolutely. So, yes. Because so yeah, I mean the earth itself is, yes. has electromagnetics. Yeah. So um so you cover all all the bases. <laughs> so um it's like a blanket. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you have to because there's I mean, there's so many different levels starting with you know, ancestral genetic memory with past life trauma, with early current life trauma, with location, yeah. with the with the external factors of, of you know, cell phones and um, chemical pollution and, you know, polluted waters, all the external factors. And then, I mean, the house itself could hold, right. you know, um, uh, a negative drama. Let's put it that way. Yes. So there, uh-huh. I mean, yeah. And you really have to... You have to take, you have to treat it all. Right, Otherwise, exactly. It's almost know, like layers like said, of the sandwich. <laughs> You're putting clean feet back in the dirty socks. <laughs> so, oh, yes. um, in fact, I call those, yeah, the layers that get built, especially the emotions in the house. Oh, my lordy lord, because uh, it's like nobody really cleans them up and the emotions keep building up, right? So it's like these sandwich layers that keep building and then somebody suddenly gets so much more triggered at home for no reason. They're fine outside. They come in and they're like, oh, you know, there's anger. There's other stuff going on. And they walk out, they feel fine. It's like, it's mysterious. <laughs> that's, that's another sign. <laughs> right. Uh, um, so what if there's water on a property? Do you check that as well? There was a creek or a what, pond or something. What about the water? Well, because water holds energy, it's yep. affected by emotions. So if someone uh-huh. had a pond or a or a, a little stream, um, you would need to check that as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, throwing water is a lot easier to work with because, as you know, it it continues to flow and it can always wash off and bring in something new. But if it's stagnant water, you know, it needs more work. And sometimes I will either like recommend some crystals again. I mean, crystals and me have a thing. So depends. the crystals are different for different purposes. Uh, it could be crystals. It could sometimes be, um, of course, an intention too, because what I found um, uh, is with intention, we can charge or recharge or reset a lot of things. So sometimes um, all it takes is to connect with the essence of that element on the property and almost have a conversation and that it resets. And I always tell people, you know, um, when even if your home is giving you like a hard time, that's because some clients tell me that's it's what it is. I tell them, 
think about it this way, that maybe the house or the home needed you to support it for some specific reason, so you got chosen to live there instead of forced to live there. And see what you can do to connect with the spirit of the home and have a relationship with the home and see, hey, how can you help me have a better life? Or what can I do to support you? So treat it like another, you know, entity. You know. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that will shift things in big ways. I've seen that happen in my own life. And, of course, it continues to happen for my clients. It's just that it's just a different way of looking at it. And uh, even whether it's emotions or elements, a lot of times, you know, having a conversation just helps a lot. And it can shift uh, big time. Oh, yeah. Well, there's the power of the spoken word, the power <laughs> of your intent, and, right. um, you know, the power of your of your gratitude. Um, but would you – how long – I mean, if a person had um, just, say, like one issue, like they were not sleeping well um, or just not feeling – you know, like having, like you said, having to drag yourself through the day. Um, mm-hmm. If you, if you started working with them, um, what would be the the time frame? Uh, you know, I mean, like an average, not like the worst or the easiest, just somewhere in the middle. Um, right. You know, a, a month, a, a week, a, a, a six months. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. The um, the short answer, again, is depends, but like you said, I will definitely share some averages. So typically in the first week or two weeks, people will start seeing a change because we're working at the root or at the very cause of what's going on. And so depending on how deep those are, it could take some time, but I also give a lot of tools, um, activations, and other, uh, I call them the divine toolkit on demand. There's a lot of things that I share so it will definitely help them get started. And in the first one or two weeks, they should be able to see um, a shift, a positive shift, especially in the sleeping and energy areas. And if we are only looking at sleep, let's say they haven't had a lot of physical challenges. Let's say they have not had a lot of other challenges, but it's primarily just sleep and, uh, you know, it's, been, it's not been chronic, it's not been... Um, a persistent problem, then in less than three months, that would typically be done. But if they've had like chronic issues or if they've had a lot of other health issues, a lot of trauma in the body, or um, there's a lot of victim or, you know, powerlessness to be precise that has been happening as a thread and there's no confidence because everything is related, then those who take longer and Typically in six months, I'm uh, I'm pretty much done with most scenarios. Um, occasionally, like you said, you know, some would go longer, some would go shorter, but um, they start seeing results in the first one to two weeks. But it's just that the inside cleanup takes longer. And oh, the reason why it takes longer is I have to honor everybody's capacity, right? I mean, I would love to just shove it all in in one session and be done, but it's not that capacity to receive is not there at that level. So if we think of a Christmas stocking, you can only take so much in it. If you put more, it's going to tear. So it's the same way with a person's healing capacity. And um, (laughs) I've experimented it on myself, not for anybody else, but I would go, oh, why not we do this and this and this? And then I'm like zapped out for a week. And I went, oh, that was a bad idea after all. Right. So that's (laughs) how I have learned (laughs) not to do it 
even to myself, but just to honor the capacity. So because everybody's capacity is different and everybody's starting capacity is different, I it is part of my work and integrity that I honor that. And I tell my clients, I would love to do more. Uh, in fact, there's no limit from my side because I'm all, I'm I've always been very clear that it comes through me and it's not from me. So there's no limit, you know. But I have to honor your capacity. This is all you can take in the moment. And once this is integrated, we'll go more. And, of course, capacity increases over time, which is why we're able to do so much more. But we have to go slow so the body doesn't become a rebel. So we don't lose the body in the meantime. Right. It's very important yeah. to get the body on board. So it's their capacity that would determine the speed and the duration. But like I said, average three to six months, pretty much done. So, yeah. Okay. And homes are yeah, much faster anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, because homes don't have judgment. They don't have, yeah. you know, um, they don't loop. Mm-hmm. You know, some people get into a story and they can't turn it off. Uh, so right. that would be, you know, take a little bit more time. But that that is an alignment with one of Lavendar's, you know, uh, I don't want to call it a, a credo, but... Um, she always says that, you know, when it comes to the ETs, the Pleiadians, um, the work that she does, you can never give someone more than they're ready for. Right. Even though you've got it to give, um, mm-hmm. you have to let them determine the rate okay. that they yeah. can handle, you know, if you want to reach a desired goal. So right. I, I, just took a, I just took a look at the time is really flying by. I'm having so much fun talking to you. So I just <laughs> want to take a moment here and say that if there's anyone who is listening, if you're already on the switchboard and you have a question for Archana, um, are you willing to take some questions about what we've been talking about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. would love to. Okay, but um, I would have to say that you would not be doing, like tuning in and doing any work if people want to ask you know, would you fix this for me right now on the air? That's not what we're talking about. Um, right. <laughs> so, but if you do have a question, if you do have a general question for Archana about um, um, what she does and how she might be able to help you, um, then if you're already on the switchboard, just press 1 so that we know you have a question. If you're listening on the computer, then just pick up the phone, dial 917-889-889. 8292 and then once you're in press 1 and um our producers uh, Jada and Fiona and looks like Kathy has joined us too. Hi Kathy. Um uh then they'll get you uh, set to come on the air. But um in that few minutes while we're waiting to see if anyone has any questions, um I wanted to uh, also mention that you were um a a featured contributor of uh, number one Amazon international best-selling book, uh, The One Thing Every Mom Needs to Know. So um, you want to just tell us a little bit about that? I had no idea that you were involved with that. <laughs> yeah, it, it came so suddenly that, you know, it was, uh, it was a great opportunity. It was like a collaborative book project where a few of us came together and we just put in the best of, uh, our tips and tricks in different areas, and um, I got to pick detox your home. So that's my topic in the book. Uh, that's where I talk about uh, five things you could do to just get started and start detoxing your home. Um, almost this is like a do-it-yourself kind of thing, um, you know. So that's um, that came about and 
came into fruition in less than like two months. I had a lot of fun um, contributing, creating the content, and um, and we, I didn't realize that even the day it was released, it, it became a number one seller, bestseller, and then it became an international bestseller. So it's just been um, a very uh, satisfying experience personally because I, I know I'm supposed to be writing. I know I'm supposed to bring forth some content as a book or whatever forms, but this really gave me an opportunity to just um, – like test the waters without having to write an entire book by myself. <laughs> so right. it's just been right. yeah. a, a wonderful experience. And also learning from the other experts who came in, who they who had their fields of expertise and just um, coming together and working together has just been uh, great because I got to know more people and, um, and I, I, and like I said, a book, I mean, an author, uh, or having this experience without having to do an entire book has been pretty good because it just it's like a mini um, a preview without the whole thing, but you still get the satisfaction that something has been created and rolled out into the world out there. So, yeah, oh, that's great. Well, we have our first <laughs> caller ready, and you're going to be um, talking to Jackie, who wants to know um, how to feel safe in the home with the family. So let me get your mic open, Jackie. Hi there. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. You are on the air with Archana. Hi, Archana. How are you? I'm good, Jackie. How are you? I'm I'm, I'm just feeling kind of scattered. Um, it's, it's very difficult at home with my family. Uh-huh. Very. So what is, what is exactly going on? Well, I have a son that's dealing with addiction. And uh-huh. um, he's a manipulator, and I try to help him, but it doesn't seem to be working. And I, I think it, it got exasperated. After, it, it really started after my mom died, and um, there was a falling apart with my, my siblings. Uh-huh. And he sees me trying to put everything together and trying to move forward but he creates a lot of distraction and disturbances in the home. And everyone just seems to be pulling their own way Uh instead of coming together. So how long have you lived in this home? In this physical house? Yep. 20 years, and I'm trying to move out of it. And is this home more than 50 years old? Yes, I think so. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, because I'm picking up a lot of, like, history with the house. Um, and I, like Ariel said, I'm not doing a complete diagnosis here, but uh, a quick tuning in uh, to the home that you're referring to. I pick up um, a lot of angry energy in the home. I also pick up abuse energy in the home. I also pick up death energy in the home. So these have been very intense and um it causes people to react differently depending on what's going on in their own personal energies. So, um, of course, I'm not working with your son here, but um, a lot of the addiction could be triggered by a lot of the abuse energies that are going on in the home. And um, with the death and everything else, it causes a lot of grief, a lot of anger. So there's a lot of cleanup that needs to happen before we go deeper with okay what can we do to help the person because the environment is pretty heavy it is weighing you down it's 
keeping you stuck. There's a lot of heavy energies. I'm also picking up trauma in the land. Trauma in the land? Uh-huh. Yes. Well, so the it, trauma in the land. Yes, go what ahead. Could that, where could that come from? Let me tune in here. Uh, where is the home located? I don't need the address, just uh, a city and a state. Uh, Patterson, New Jersey. New Jersey, okay. Because what I'm picking up is um, there is definitely war energy in the land. I can feel the war energy in the land. A lot of unresolved uh, war energy is there in the land. And that's it's probably there in the neighborhood. Yeah, it's bigger than your land, of course. It's much bigger. It's in the neighborhood. And I'm also picking up um, a lot of farming activities that have happened way beyond these homes and construction. So there is trauma from the farming activities. There's trauma from the war in the land. And then uh, there's a lot of these three energies that I shared about the home. So all together is really like creating a lot of fog. It's creating a lot of baggage in the home. Mm. And it's funny yep. that you would say that because where I want to move is is the home where my mother passed away. Oh, okay. And I had a brother that was there. Was he was very um, he was very verbally aggressive and an mm. angry person, and a sister as well. But I'm actually trying to clear out that house and move mm. there. But I I know I need to also, you know, clean up my own backyard at the same time. But the people who are within my household who could, you know, assist, they're not assisting. Like right. we're just, it's like we're being pulled from one one side to the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, the area, yeah. there, there, there are some violent things going on in the area, but that's just the nature of where we live. It's right. very fact, populated now. It's, it's, yeah. it's, the static is very high. Yeah, in fact, I know that there are two properties in question here, and I'm happy to take a look um, if you want to, like, reach out to me uh, later. We can set up a time, and I can take a look at what's going on with both of them, and then I can share with you what we can do and how I can support you. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So are you going to give your contact information during the remainder of the show? Yeah, I can do that for you. Um, Archana's okay. website is her name, Archana Shyam, and that and Archana is spelled A R C H, just like Arch, and then A N A A, Archana, and her last name Shyam is S H Y A M. So you go to archanashyam.com, and if you have our um, uh, our show announcement. Or if you look on the uh, on the show page, you can just click the link and go right straight there. Right, and, and um, then there is a link for or there's a section header for apply. If you click on that, it'll take you to my calendar. So yeah. Okay, okay. So is it something you adding that something could be you? cleared? Is it something that could be cleared out? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that that would really help because even if you, no matter what you do for yourself, if you're still living in that, you know, 
in that energy, you got to switch mm-hmm. that too. So, yeah, and Archana yeah. is the one that can help you with that. So, Jackie, do get a hold of her. Um, we have another caller that's waiting to come okay. on, and okay, um, and go to the website and and, and I know that that Archana will be a wonderful help for you. Okay, thank you. Okay, thanks for calling in, Jackie. Okay, Bye-bye. I like the reason. Okay, well, uh, we have one more caller, and um, this will be the last, uh, the last uh, caller for the evening, please. Uh, we will talk to Nanette. So let me get your mic open, sweetie. Hi, Nanette. Welcome to the show. Go ahead with your question. Hi there. The show is wonderful, and I'm hoping that um, she could direct me in the right way. I don't know how to explain it other than I moved here a long time ago. Boxes are still packed, and I haven't been able to get anything done. It feels Uh like molasses, and I don't know whether you spoke about this, but it feels like I have no energy to get anything done in the house. But when I go outside, I just perk up, and my energy comes back, and I don't know whether it's the land or the house. So if if, if there's anything that you can suggest or, you know, if I can get a, you know, session with you, I don't know what to say. So that's my problem. Sure, sure, got it. In fact, uh, you bring up a great point because when there's a lot of physical clutter, it just means there. it is just a reflection of the energetic clutter that's going on in the home and the land. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we have a lot of emotional baggages, when we have a lot of trauma, when we have a lot of toxicity attachments, especially attachments, um, I know we didn't have time to cover that um, in detail, but attachments to and from the property, um, either, you know, with people or whatever it could be, uh, past, Mm -hmm. present, um, or whoever has lived and visited. So there's a lot of attachments that happen between property and people, and that can cause a lot of slowdown, a lot of stuckness, and a lot of boxes, Um, a lot of clutter, a lot of, like, unexplained, like, oh, I can't get anything done is a lot of attachments. Like, for example, if you're not able to even go out of the house and exercise or if you're not able to even do anything in the house, that, that simply means there's a lot of attachments to and from the property, um, primarily to people, and those definitely can be cleared. It's just that this is one of those pieces that will take a little bit longer than some of the other uh, clearings just because um, there's also the physical action that needs to be done and the boxes need to be moved or cleared and things like that. So these can definitely be cleared. That's the bottom line, and I'm happy to uh, look at it uh, at a deeper level. Uh, and the same way, if you want to just schedule some uh, time with me, I'm happy to go over it and then suggest what might work. And all these initial sessions, I don't charge for them. They are free. So I'm happy to have a conversation, happy to see what's going on and suggest what is best. So, And what you're facing, again, it's something I see all the time, and I've been through that exact same problem myself where the physical clutter always took over, and no matter what I did, it just would not, like, I could not catch up with it till I mm-hmm. started to work through the energetics. Then I went, oh, okay, because then things would just move, or, I mean, not by themselves. I would move it, of course, but, you know, it got so much easier to keep things organized. It got so much easier to put things away. I mean, you know, it's just energetically when things are cleaned off, the physical thing will just follow. The same with the body, the same with the home, that when we heal the energetic aspect, the physical, it's just a matter of time before it catches up, but it will. So right. I hope right. I answered your question. 
That makes sense. That makes sense because, they, you know, I've never been in a situation, and I keep checking my energy to see if it's clear, <laughs> but it's, it's just in the house, you know, and yes. I've never been in a house where I've never done anything. I mean, not <laughs> even to unpack. I have unpacked some things, but it's just gotten – the more I do, the more it's not coming together. So I figured I needed some help, and it's a great call. But <laughs> I'm glad that I heard you today. So I yeah, look forward to uh, working, you know, to contacting you then. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. You know? If I could make so, an observation, it just kind of it kind of occurred to me that on an energetic level, you mm-hmm. know exactly mm-hmm. what's wrong in that house, Nanette, and there's part of you that just doesn't want to unpack everything because you don't want to stay there. If it's going to be like that, <laughs> like why well, bother? You know I'm just is, going to have to move again. Well, okay, I don't mind moving if if the, if the land or the house is messed up to the point where. But I've never been where. I mean, I I'm always excited to move into a new area and decorate the house <laughs> and get creative and whatnot. But I'm not feeling any of that here, and yeah. it's been like since the beginning. So I just don't know what to do. Yeah, it's too many attachments in the property. That's the biggest thing I'm picking up right now. That's what somebody else said. They said it's not the house. They said it's the property that it's sitting on. Yeah, so, there's a lot of attachments there. So it's, okay. it's almost think of it like a sticky web or some kind of entangled web, right? It's so sticky. That's that, what it feels like. It feels like yep. I'm walking around in syrup. Mm-hmm. Yep. So wow. it's not just me. I'm not losing it completely. Then I understand. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? You know, because I've never yep. been like this before. Right, right. Yeah. In fact, um, what you're sharing is fairly common, and and I've had people share all kinds of experiences on their property, and it all comes down to, uh, you know, the five basic uh, pieces that we look at. It's one or the other, or sometimes a combination, but it's it's definitely wow. one of them. So. It's just that sometimes you feel like it's very intense because you're in it, but yes. know that yeah, it's it's cleanable, it's releasable. You know, um, it's just that we just have to decide that oh, okay, it's time to do something about it. Then we can make some progress. All right, that's that's it exactly. Because I get up, I start cleaning, and then all of a sudden it just wings and that's it you know so i'm like okay i need some help here so and this isn't the kind of thing you could call 911 or find out you know some other number <laughs> something right. to get somebody who can do this stuff so this is wonderful to hear the hear this call today i'm greatly appreciative of it good well yeah great you tuned in uh because this is <laughs> this is archina's specialty and uh, i know i'm when i buy my house I won't even I won't even buy it until she takes a look at it. So um, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. I'll know this once again. Time, that's for sure. <laughs> right now, just clean up what I have because I said I like the area and I like it, but I just I just don't want to live like this anymore. You know, I want to be able to have a clean, clear, uncluttered yep. house. Uh-huh. That's there my goal, go. and it's possible. Okay. That's, well, it's very doable. Okay. So uh, let me repeat the website. It's okay. Archana. Archana okay. is spelled A-R-C-H, like Arch, mm-hmm. A-N-A-A. So there's a double A at the end, Archana. Okay. And the, her last name is Shyam, S-H-Y-A-M dot okay. com. Okay. And that link is on, um, if you go to the blog talk page where the show is, um, you, that you can just click the link if you... Uh, 
can't remember how to spell the name. So, very good. Um, very and, good. And All right. Well, um, I'll do that. Thank you so much for both yeah. of you. Your shows are wonderful. Oh, thank you so much, Nanette. I'm glad that you called in, and um, and I, I know that Archon is the one to help you. So, okay. You can make thank sure you get you. together You're with her. Too. Okay. Bye, bye, sweetie. Bye now. Okay, well, um, we don't have any more time for, for callers, but um, Archana, I just want to tell you that we are so proud of you because you have really stepped up into your power, and, and you, you had, uh, you know, a really rough time. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not like, not like you, uh, uh, you know, had a, a, a whole day at the beach for your whole life, you know? Right. So you came through. You came through. Uh, you know, trauma and and rejection and all kinds of things. And and you just broke through and you took your power. And now you are helping others to do that. And that's really what star seeds are about. So we're very proud of you. Thank you. All right. So um, once again, um, you can check out her website, Archana. A R C H A N A A Shyam S H Y A M dot com. And um I I deliberately did not put that text number that you had sent me because okay. of web crawlers. I, I just thought, you know, mm. you'd have robots calling you all the time, so I didn't um I didn't publish that. Um, okay, sure. Okay, so they can just go to the website and there's contact, uh, you know, information, their phone number and all that is on the website so people can get a hold of you through there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Ariel. Okay, well, you are so welcome. And uh, I know that we're going to see you at the November Quest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you were the first, well, uh, first or second one to sign up for that one. So. Um, I'll be looking forward to seeing you again for your seventh <laughs> Starseed Quest. And uh, right. the guidance just, was just very so loud proud. and clear. <laughs> <laughs> well, you followed your intuition and you were right on. <laughs> so you're part of our family now. And uh, for everyone else, we'll be, we will be back um, next week. And uh, until then, choose compassion. Find gratitude in every day because it is the door to the fifth dimension. Until next week, everyone, bye-bye. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 